Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. And we are live today talking Wi-Fi, the present and future of Wi-Fi with the Wi-Fi Alliance. Kevin, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. And it's awesome to be here. Well, great to be here just in the back of CES, where there was so much news and excitement. So we're going to dive into that. But maybe introduce yourself. And for those of you who didn't know, there's a Wi-Fi Alliance behind Wi-Fi. Maybe introduce the mission of the team. Absolutely. And as you said, people aren't always familiar with Wi-Fi Alliance, but they're very familiar with the <laughs> impact of Wi-Fi Alliance. So Wi-Fi Alliance is the worldwide network of companies that brought you Wi-Fi, made up of more than 900 different companies that are kind of the who's who in the connectivity space, everything from the chipset vendors that create the core technologies, all the way up to device vendors, infrastructure vendors, and even service providers that provide Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, so I'm Kevin Robson. I'm the president and CEO of the organization. I've been in this role for a little bit over a year, but certainly not new to the space. I've been with the Wi-Fi Alliance for a little over 15 years now and really just seen the incredible growth of our industry coming on really to be at the advent of smartphones, <laughs> uh, if you can believe that, kind of with, with Wi-Fi making its way into phones, consumer electronics, and of course, pretty much in everything today. So that's a little bit about the organization and myself. And Again, it's just an incredibly exciting time to be in the industry with the level of innovation happening. Yeah, innovation indeed. I remember when the Wi-Fi standard first came out, it was literally just a cable replacement, you know, that mm -hmm. Ethernet replacement. Of course, it's so much more. Talk about the evolution of the organization, the standards, and that kind of journey. You've seen it all. Well, you're absolutely right. And it... it, it you know, I think famously, you can kind of go back to the beginning of Wi-Fi, and there was this there was this scene of of Steve Jobs with you know with 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 an Apple product with with kind of like a hula hoop and showing like look no wires, and it was simply how do you get the internet to a device without that without that tether, and of course Wi-Fi. I think most people still look at Wi-Fi as wireless internet because it moves more than half of all internet traffic around the globe, which often you know surprises people, but it has really stayed ahead of that continuing demand for advanced connectivity. So it's still a, quote, cable replacement in a lot of ways. It's just the number of cables we're replacing. We're now up to almost a fiber replacement, right? So getting you know tens of gigabits per second to a device potentially with the newest generations of Wi-Fi, uh, the ability to untether AR, VR headsets from your gaming console mm. or from your smartphone. So again, very much in that vein of, Pretty much anything that you need to connect, Wi-Fi has the capabilities, the performance to do it. And we're constantly evolve, evolving to kind of stay ahead of the curve of, of what's demanded of us. Fantastic. Give us a peek behind the curtain. How does a Wi-Fi alliance assist you know, tech leaders in navigating all these standards and the complexities of interoperability and testing and marketing? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the idea behind the work you do? Sure. So... The there's the standards themselves, which are essentially mm -hmm. uh, this is this is very simplified description of it, but it's essentially it's, it's words on paper. Right. And it's it's where you get companies, engineers around the globe coming together to agree on how certain things are going to be done, you know, protocols, how technologies are going to be implemented. But there's it's the last part of your question that is kind of that that final piece that is is incredibly essential 
which is the interoperability. It's how do you make sure that a smartphone from vendor A is going to work with a gateway from service provider B and you know printers and, and all of these devices? Because of course, there are very, well, I said, there is no company that makes every category of product, right? So for connectivity mm. to really exist, you need the ability for an incredibly diverse ecosystem of vendors for all these products to work well together. And that is really the core mission of the Wi-Fi Alliance through something we call Wi-Fi certified is to ensure that regardless of vendor, if you go out and buy a Wi-Fi product that has been certified, it is going to work well with other brands of Wi-Fi products. Um, and it's, it's frankly amazing that we can bring hundreds and hundreds of competitors together to collaborate to ensure that all of the products work well, because at the end of the day, the market succeeds or fails based on all of these products working well together. And these competitors understand that they collaborate on the things that where there needs to be collaboration. And then, of course, they can differentiate on top of that. So that's really been, I think, some of the ingredients to success for the industry and for Wi-Fi Alliance. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and describe the certification process, you know, how it works. Is it mandatory? And uh, what to look out for as a consumer, a buyer of enterprise gear? What what should uh, folks understand about Wi-Fi certified? Mm -hmm. So Wi-Fi certified is an optional certification, um, and you know there's 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 goods and bads to that. I would say the 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 positive side of it is the fact that it's optional. We as an alliance, Wi-Fi Alliance, needs to ensure that we are always delivering value around that certification, right? Because a vendor can uh, you know can choose not to certify. But it's but I think through the work we do, we establish that you know, demand for the certification. So particularly if you're in mm. you know, enterprise environments or, you know, where there might be RFPs for for certain equipment, Wi-Fi certified can be an, a very important piece of that because of the value we deliver, ensuring that products have the latest generations of security standards, that they have that interoperability. Um, and so that that's really that's really the key the key piece of it. And so again, almost every every day, every week, every year, we as an organization need to make sure that our certification program is delivering that level of value, so that the vendors out there see see a reason to go through it. In terms of how we administer it, we actually have a global network of labs uh, in mm. obviously in Asia, U.S., Europe that are the the OEMs or the the product vendors send their products through to make sure that they meet our requirements. Fantastic. So interoperability, I think most people can appreciate. Talk about security in the early days of Wi-Fi. It was kind of the Wild West. Uh, lots of loopholes and, uh, and you know, challenges around securing Wi-Fi. We've come a long way. But what, obviously, more work is being done. Uh, what does that mean in terms of Wi-Fi certified as well? Sure. And, and security is one of those things that it's it's never done. Right. Security is always evolving. It's a very dynamic landscape. And so it's important that our security protections are, are not standing still. So the current generation of Wi-Fi security is something called WPA3. There's a, there's a personal flavor and an enterprise flavor. Most people in their homes are probably using personal, more of the, you know, the passphrase, password-based type of authentication. Mm -hmm. And then in the enterprise, you have everything from using a SIM card that might be in your phone to using you know, certificates or individual user credentials. But WPA3 is the most current version, uh, and it, it really is the industry standard. It's what everybody from you know military to 
financial institutions, hospitals, they all rely on WPA3 to provide those strong protections. And even though we kind of focus on the generation, it's important to understand that even kind of below that generation in the, let's say, behind the curtain, if you will, there are always updates that are happening in our testing that address, okay, are there a potential vulnerabilities in one space? What are we seeing out in the security landscape that we can incorporate additional testing to check potentially for mistakes in the implementation? Because quite honestly, the the protocols, these peer-reviewed standardized protocols are very robust. The trick gets into when somebody is putting it into their product that they don't, don't inadvertently miss something. And that's where things like Wi-Fi certified can play a role in ensuring that those products actually deliver on that security promise. Brilliant. Well, I will keep an eye out for that. So we're all hearing all the flavors of Wi-Fi, are, are, you know, a lot of discussion, Wi-Fi 6E versus Wi-Fi 7, mm-hmm. the various states of, of rollout. Um, you know, what are the capabilities that we should be aware of at a high level between 6E and 7, maybe the legacy um, technology that's out there? And what does it mean for the consumer and the enterprise? Mm-hmm. Well, so Wi-Fi Certified 7 is incredibly exciting. And in fact, mm-hmm. uh, we announced, Wi-Fi Alliance announced Wi-Fi Certified 7 just prior to the start of CES 2024. Oh, uh, and already we're seeing incredible interest in demand and, and announcements around products that incorporate the latest generation of Wi-Fi. Now, what makes Wi-Fi 6E and Wi-Fi 7 similar is that Wi-Fi 6E was the introduction of the, this new 6 gigahertz spectrum into Wi-Fi. So if people are familiar, the traditional Wi-Fi frequency bands were the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz spectrum. And that served the Wi-Fi industry incredibly well. In fact, it's frankly astonishing what the industry has been able to do with frequency bands that were essentially opened up decades ago, right? Yet we were able to kind of through, through innovation, stay ahead of the curve in terms of connectivity demands. Six gigahertz just completely changed the paradigm. Mm. Within the United States, that represents an additional 1,200 megahertz of spectrum. It's just wow. it's phenomenal. I mean, nothing. it's one of the mo- most momentous decisions that the FCC, frankly, has made in, in a long time. Mm. And we're starting to see the fruits of that. So Wi-Fi 6E, because it was such a momentous decision, we designated a special flavor of Wi-Fi 6 that incorporated the 6 gigahertz band. It, it introduced incredible capacity. So imagine very dense environments, something like a, a stadium where you have tens of thousands, or I live in Austin, so say the, long, you know, the Longhorns, over 100,000 people fit in this college stadium, right? And when you're trying to provide connectivity and high-performance connectivity, that capacity and that spectrum is essential. So that was really Wi-Fi 6E, you know, multi-gigabit speeds, getting into much better latency performance in addition to the high speeds, you know, nine gigabits per second possible to it, to a single device. Now let's bring in Wi-Fi 7. As is always the case, we, in, we, we improve the performance, right? So theoretically you're getting up to just under 40 gigabits per second, which is, you know, is amazing. You're getting into mm. you know, three, four, five gigabits per second to a handheld device potentially, and you can look at that and say, well, that's amazing. I don't quite have an application maybe yet that requires that. But when you then, let's say, take a step back and see the increasing number of devices. So it's not just performance to one device. It's 
how do I serve, let's say, in a, in a university environment where I might have 50, 70 medical students trying to use VR to, to you know, in a classroom to understand, okay, how, how is surgery going to happen or just investigating, you know, the, the inner workings of the body through VR to serve multi-user VR. That's where that capacity and those high performances become incredibly important, even though one device may not need the full, that full performance. So that comes in with Wi-Fi 7, uh, of course, leveraging the six gigahertz band. But then the other really interesting piece is around deterministic latency. So by using all of these bands simultaneously, you can, you can, you know, I say guarantee, you can predict with a very, very high probability, you know, 99.99% likelihood of hitting very low latency numbers. And if you're not familiar, this is what ensures a good experience if you're on a video call or, you know, a voice call, if you're doing something like VR where any type of lag can just really reduce the experience. And Wi-Fi 7 provides that deterministic latency. Also exciting is it lets Wi-Fi expand into these new areas like industrial IoT. Think, you know, factory mm. automation, where again, deterministic latency is incredibly important if you're looking at robots or something like that. So it really just expands the overall market for what Wi-Fi is capable of delivering. Oh, it's so exciting. Healthcare, education, manufacturing, almost any uh, mm -hmm. industry uh, changed through this technology. You just got fr back from CES, so many announcements. It was uh, really one of the highlights of the show. Um, any any uh, takeaways that were worth mentioning? Any Call out any particular partners? I know you, you can't have favorites when it comes to your children there, but there was a lot going on. There, there's a lot. And I like the beauty of this is it's you really don't have to play favorites because you, you walk mm -hmm. around the showroom floor at somebody or like something like CS, the Consumer Electronics Show. And every turn you take, it's it's another Wi-Fi Alliance member, right? It's it's another Wi-Fi product. And I think the the takeaway, the thing that I've just always so encouraged by when I come back from CES is again the level of innovation and, and the way different companies are, are and different Wi-Fi Alliance members are taking, let's say, a different spin on something, like their own mm. their own take on how to harness those foundational capabilities that are delivered by the standard, you know, the high performance, the deterministic low latency, and then building in some new exciting application or service or product based on that, um, and just the diversity of the ecosystem. So, I mean, it's all great. There were there were a number of this is very specific. There were a number of announcements around, you know, Wi-Fi seven access points, gateways, mm -hmm. uh, a number of products. So just recently, uh, some new handsets that were announced that include Wi-Fi seven. Oh wow! And we are literally, you know, we're what two weeks <laughs> since since we launched this program, and we're already starting to see a lot of these flagship devices incorporating the technology, and it really just bodes well for the 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 rapid adoption. That we expect to see in Wi-Fi 7, in devices, in your homes, through your service providers. Uh, and it's, it's just an incredibly exciting era for the industry. Indeed. Yeah, it was fascinating to watch. And of course, you, you know, it sounds like your mission is also about getting companies to embrace and adopt the technology. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to have these amazing technologies available, but, you know, it takes time on the silicon, the software side. Uh, what can we do to accelerate that, for example, here among this amazing gigabit 
connection. I think I have Wi-Fi 6E and, you know, it's a great connection. It's not quite uh, gigabit speed on the Wi-Fi side yet. So there's some work to do, right, to upgrade in, uh, the legacy uh, technology that's out there. There is. And it's it's you know, it's a double-edged sword because one of the great things with Wi-Fi is that it's backwards interoperable with, with previous generations. Mm-hmm. And so the great thing there is whether it's a business, whether it's residential and consumers, it's really it's really the user, the consumer, the network operator, right, that makes that decision about this new generation is delivering a set of capabilities that I value that are worth the investment. And that drives the progression to the next generation, right? This is not forced mm. obsolescence. It's, it's really mm. new demanding use cases that are driving the level of adoption. So I think what is probably most important, and particularly for organizations like the Wi-Fi Alliance, is highlighting what is possible through these new technologies. And maybe I'll, 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 I'll identify kind of one key area where maybe we as an industry need to do a little bit better job. Because we often can focus on, let's say, the high performance, you know, the 40 gigabits per second, it can sometimes, uh, let's say, create a perception that if if you're a product vendor that is doesn't quite need 40 gigabits per second or 10 gigabits per second with Wi-Fi 6, that that generation is not for you. And so, mm. for example, we've seen incredible interest in the IoT segment around Wi-Fi 6. Why? Because of the experience it can deliver. Again, the things around latency, the reliability that comes with it. And by the way, Wi-Fi 7 also incor- incorporates these elements of, of reliability because you can transmit on multiple bands. And those things, even if you're doing lower data rates, that might be incredibly important to the use case you're trying to deliver. So again, it's there are so many tools in Wi-Fi that often it can be hard to, uh, let's say, to, to get somebody to understand this little feature that's down here that is critical for their use case, but maybe is not highlighted as much as some of the other you know, flagship or marquee features. So that, I think that's a challenge for the industry. But, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of companies out there that are, talking with their OEM customers, helping them understand the, the benefits. And when you look at, let's say just an example in residential, the increase in broadband speed. So as we speak, they just finished putting fiber outside my door. As soon as it's offered, I'm getting hooked up, right? <laughs> Some of these fiber operators are offering three, four, five gigabits per second. So again, it's 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 it will be here before people know it. Indeed, so exciting. Uh, Give us a snapshot of how the Wi-Fi Alliance collaborates with its various stakeholders and the regulators and different tech leaders. Uh, you, you have your own events and meetups and get-togethers. How does that work? Sure. So there's a lot. The I would say the, the core work of the Alliance, which is getting companies, we, we really serve as an industry forum, right? So getting right. these leading companies together to coalesce around what is going to be each subsequent generation of Wi-Fi or some of the other technologies we're developing? You know, what are those important features that need to be there? Um, you know, we have representation from the automotive segment, you know, other IoT mm. segments, operators, and it's it's this forum where companies are coming in. They're talking about the challenges that they're seeing and the, kind of their vision for their products and some of the technical challenges that maybe are getting in the way of delivering that vision. 
that happens at what well, we, we have meetings that are all over the globe three times a year. So we'll, we'll be in Singapore in a few weeks. Uh, you know, following that we'll actually be in Austin uh, with a, with a big celebration around a, a, a major anniversary for us um, really all this year. And then we'll be in Spain and in, in later in the year. So these are kind of our standard recurring set of meetings where a lot of this collaboration is happening. And of course there's a lot of meetings more virtually that are happening in between those. So that's really just one, that's a kind of core aspect of what we do. But we're also Fantastic. very involved in, you know, we've got to get out there and talk to regulators. We have to make the case mm. for the full six gigahertz band. It's great that the U.S. has 1,200 megahertz. Uh, and there are other countries that do as well. You know, South Korea has opened up the full 1,200 megahertz. But there's work to do in areas like Europe. Um, they have the lower portion of the band. And there's a case, we need to make that case for the upper portion of the band for Wi-Fi. And there's a lot of work that happens there, not so much in, in you know, big meetings or events, but just really sitting down with regulators and stakeholders. Uh, the fiber community is an, a critical stakeholder in Europe, right? If they're, they're doing these huge fiber deployments, it's, it's, you know, if, if, they're not, if they're not getting good Wi-Fi, the investment in the ROI on the fiber deployment is going to be diminished. So it's really just a lot of interacting with the broader ecosystem, which can frankly be a challenge given the number of segments and industries that Wi-Fi touches. It's literally everything. You know, so you got to kind of prioritize, find those areas that benefit the most from the engagement and just place, place your effort there. Phenomenal. Well, we started the year with kind of a big bang with CES and Wi-Fi 7. It's kind of hard to top that. But what are you looking forward to the rest of the year, uh, travel-wise, you know, technology-wise? What's on your radar? Again, I think that the, the biggest things on the radar for this year are now that we have Wi-Fi certified 7, which anytime you have a Wi-Fi certified generation coming out, that really serves as the inflection point for mass market adoption. It's going to be a lot of getting out there, driving adoption within the industry, making the case to customers and, and you know the, the users of Wi-Fi for why, why they really need to be looking at that next generation of, of Wi-Fi. So really looking to drive the adoption so that consumers and businesses get the greatest possible benefit. Um, a lot of focus on the kind of the next steps in the regulatory space and making that case around the full six gigahertz band. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, we're the, the work never stops. I'll just say that. So there's a lot happening within the Alliance, just to kind of build on what we are already delivering with Wi-Fi seven, you know, new capabilities for different, different segments out there. Uh, so yeah, the work never stops. You know, you, you celebrate the win when you have something like Wi-Fi certified seven uh, going out and then our members immediately, you know, pivot, put their focus on the next great innovation. And that's, that's really what 2024 is going to look like. Fantastic. Well, it's going to be an exciting year for sure. Just a final note, I was doing my research before the show, and I noticed you started your professional life in the U.S. Army uh, through West Point. That's uh, that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for your service there. Uh, do you carry some of your uh, uh, thinking from you know West Point, from the Army? How does that uh, how does that shape your professional journey? Absolutely. It's, 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 it's definitely different. I'll say this in many ways, you know, <laughs> military versus being in the tech space and particularly in Wi-Fi. The, the one, I think the one thread that's really carried, carried me through with both, both elements of my, of my career is, you know, the army, you tend to be very focused on 
something bigger than yourself, right? And it's about mm. it's about you know the mission, uh, the people around you, you know them being above you, the mission, and you know what you're trying to accomplish being above you. And interesting enough, it's when I went into the Wi-Fi Alliance, I think it's the one thing that really kept me engaged here, because while we're absolutely focused on you know commercial success of our industry. When you actually get into it with the people that are doing the work within the Wi-Fi Alliance, you get that same sense of higher purpose, right? When there are very few technologies where you can get out there, you know, into the market and just interacting with everyday people where the technology that you're delivering has an everyday impact. When, mm. when you want to talk to people about their experience, let's say during the pandemic and how Wi-Fi is what kept them connected to their family, how Wi-Fi kept them connected to their schools, to their healthcare providers, right? You know, virtual, my kids today still do virtual appointments often with, with healthcare. Mm. And you're, it's just so rewarding. And you can say, you know what? Yes, we're driving commercial success, but we're also delivering towards something that is much bigger than ourselves. It's going to outlast us. You know, when we're all long gone, Wi-Fi is still going to be having an impact on the world. And so again, that's, that's the one thing that I've been blessed to, you know, kind of have aspects of that in, in throughout my entire career. Um, and it's just, again, it's what's made being with the Wi-Fi Alliance so fulfilling. Well, phenomenal, very motivational. Thanks for that, uh, insight. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching everyone reach out to the Wi-Fi Alliance, follow them on social media. They have a tremendous amount of great content, uh, and, uh, onwards and upwards. Thanks, Kevin. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.